got Shrouder in the telekinetic bubble and start to work your way around and quickly find that uh, this is not a symmetrical realm like present had presented um, the city's a bit more asymmetrical and you just happen to come upon it to the the closest edge of the the borders of a futures realm and you leave the rest of the space to possibly be explored later if the chance presents itself and this realm is quite a bit different than presence. It's still got that patchwork uh, presentation, but it's a bit more whole, you know, uh, almost whole cloth. It's large swaths of scenery that are given form instead of bits and pieces that have kind of been patched work together. Um, they have a bit more flow to them, a bit more um, cohesiveness. You know, they, they fade a bit into each other instead of being these chunks of uh, like almost stained glass that have been stuck together. And off in the distance, you see, you know, blasted landscapes and desiccated trees, but you also see like whole green valleys. Um, you know, you see some vibrant life here and there, um, although it's still got that worn out quality that the rest of this place does. Um, and you, you work your way in and you run into a, a handful of individuals um, all of which you're you're able to mind control some of them are just out and about uh, some of them are are taking patrols which as you uh, take over and kind of sort through their mind there's like not a particular reason for the patrols. It's just something that they're doing out of boredom or, or feeling of responsibility. Um, kind of like we're present, you know, left people to their own devices. Like the, these people have chosen to kind of do this, to, to stay in um, routine or, or shape of some sort. They are members of the of uh, futures uh, forces, but uh, you kind of pick through all of these individuals' minds, and same with Shrouder. You hold on to him, and you you know you you get the rest of them instead of having this this large entourage leading into the city. You get what you need from them and then send them off uh, with no memory or, or recollection of you because you've you, you know you you're able to sneak well enough that um, or keep control of, of each of them long enough that you can kind of send them out without real worry of the uh, 
them coming back or, or, you know, snitching on you or, or whatever, raising an alarm. And the, uh, this individual's title is Arachnidus Mechanica, but his real name is Adrian. And he is a high-ranking general of future. Uh, this is the kind of the highest tier that uh, you're aware of uh, directly under future. And unlike present who didn't have anybody officially under him or, or anything like that, you know, Liraz was presence major domo, but that was more of a self-appointed position more so than a, uh, one that was giving, given to her. Future, on the other hand, actually has a, a bit of a, a structure. He's got, he, uh, Future has got four generals and Adrian is, is one of the four. Uh, the other three, well, actually, let, let me give you a little bit of backstory on him. Although uh, you know this character a, a bit more than I do, um, I reread one of your old stories, The Boy Who Admired Spiders, and that's who this is. Uh, and just for everyone listening, uh, the, the Boy Who Admired Spiders is a short story that, that Flocky wrote and sent to me ages ago and I had read and I was going through my drive and saw it and reread it and really enjoyed it and thought he would make a, a good NPC. But, uh, this individual, uh, Adrian Arachnidus Mechanica, which is his, his kind of military title, uh, brother spider, brother mechanical spider is, um, He's cold and calculating. He, you know, it's it's commonly talked about that he gives almost the, to, to those that are more perceptive, that he gives the appearance of uh, being, of, of like human interaction. Like people don't know. He doesn't really talk about where he came from. It's not known that this is, if this is like a, common thing for people from his world, his dimension, but he, he is, he does have this weird obsession, not weird obsession. He does have this obsession with spiders. He rides around in this large uh, mechanical steampunk spider of his own creation. It's got all kinds of bells and whistles, and we'll get into that if, if necessary. Uh, but you also get from Shouter that unlike the other three generals who will cover when and if necessary, who kind of have their own buildings, uh, once you, well, I'm, I'm going to, I'm starting to skip around, but you know, from Shouter's memories that Adrian patrols uh, occasionally that they get out and, he likes to invent and try new things, so he takes his big mechanical spider out into different environments and tries different weapons out rather often. Uh, 
whereas the other ones, you know, uh, stay in these large buildings and, you know, they're almost fortresses in their, their own respect. And each of the generals has subordinates and, you know, it's, it's a much more strict, it's a much more structured, uh, fighting force than present. Whereas presence was like this free form, you got the sense that it was like guerrilla tactics. Uh, he left people to their own devices as to how they wanted to structure the fighting force. Really. He just kind of told who was going where, um, you know, that future is much more structured than that. Um, much more disciplined, you know, he, or I keep saying he, they keep an order and training and there's ranks and it's not like super duper strict. It's not like military, military, but there, there is a, a structure and a hierarchy to it. And, you know, people are raised or lowered uh, depending on their success on missions and, and, um, what they're able to, to bring to, to the forces. And, you know, there's the general populace as well that has no interest in fighting, but, uh, this is a, also a larger force than presence as well. Seems like more individuals are, are interested. Also, you know, that there are more just from filing through Shrouder and a bunch of other people you know that there's a, a larger populace here than in Presence Realm. And once you're closer to the city, these buildings are just massive, like minimum 200 stories. You know, some of them would, you know, be the equivalent of, of up in the clouds, you know, and they go on. So it gives you an idea of the scale of the monolith that this individual, that future was, was on and the size that they must be to be able to see them from so far and still being able to like pick out details. But you stealth your way through the city through the, you know, you kind of stay on the outskirts and through Shrouder's memory and, and other individuals that you find, uh, you make sure that you, you test uh, before you, you get into any individuals. And there's one that actually rounds the corner behind you and you can't grab a hold of their mind. It's this uh, strange tentacled creature that has the spherical upper body, but you know, the they're kind of floating like they're not moving on their tentacles. They're, they're more like a jellyfish kind of, uh, undulating with a large center eye, um, kind of like a mix between a beholder and a grill from dungeons and dragons. But you're able to telekinetically subdue it. And you, you know, you put it in like you create like a pull up some, material and put it in like a, a cage of some sort and then put it in a sub basement of one of these buildings. After a while, uh, hours, you're not quite sure. It's hard to t tell time. Sometimes it goes from light to dark. 
it never seems to get super bright. Like the sun always seems a little, a little dim. Like maybe it's behind some clouds or hasn't quite come up, but the cycles of night and day seem inconsistent while you're here. And it makes you think that maybe you've been here for days, weeks, you're not sure, maybe hours. You've got your own kind of, actually your internal clock is just all jacked up from being in in that white white space, that white void uh, where you were being chased. Um, But Eventually, you start to hear this clink, 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 and you see uh, rounding a, a far corner, probably 500 yards off, this giant steampunk spider, you know, the size of a small house. You make your way cautiously towards it, and you you get within what you think is is range for your uh, mind control and you reach out to this individual's mind and it's it's uncomfortable it's it makes you it makes your non-existent skin crawl it makes you twitch and flinch and you instinctively pull your mind back and this individual turns and you see a pale thin skeleton of a man with these dark black eyes and this middle you know about to his shoulders cropped black hair neat looks very put together has a very nice like victorian style suit on um except it's made out of leather. It looks like it's, you know, durable, uh, black leather gloves on. Um, And it just looks at you with a a dead stare and kind of leans over the controls of this spider creature. Looks at you flatly. He looks at you and he says, very flatly. Well, I suppose that this was sooner than I was to expect, but come, let us converse. You have questions, comments? How may I be of service? Very matter of fact, and You try again for mind control and you find out that this person's mind you cannot control simply for the fact, well not simply for the fact, but they have very powerful mental defenses in the form, like usually it's like hitting a brick wall or someone's got like this mercurial mind that's just hard to get a hold of. His is just unsettling. It almost makes you think of some of the, the alien creatures, like almost, almost, very, very slightly, the creature in the void um, when you barely touch their mind. But instead of this completely alien 
you know, beyond scope kind of, kind of feeling. This one's just uncomfortable. I know I've said that a couple times, but I'm trying to get across. And this, this individual in and of, in and of themselves is not the most pleasant to interact with already. So if I may, I want to uh, retcon one additional layer of things. And if this is too complicated, just skip it. But um, I would like to say that every so often, as Fergus moves up the chain of command in Future's organization, he takes a group of these people that he's suborned, like, so he takes control of Shrouder first. And if Shrouder's a private or something, then he guts, like, his sergeant and then his lieutenant. And when he gets to that level, when he's got two or three or five of these future uh, officers or whatever together, he's going to give them a command that will keep them busy for a while. So it'll be like, go to, go to the offices or the territory of one of the other high commanders and um, deliver a bunch of fake orders. You know, like, go here and tell them you've been sent to do X, which you haven't really been sent to do. So, you know, he'll give people orders to, like, move equipment around um, if he gets up to a, a certain rank. Like, like, once he gets a couple ranks up, he'll take a lieutenant or a captain or something and have them write up an order for somebody else or for themselves that's like, I'm supposed to be in charge of this person or this group now. Um, so... Maybe he does that two or three times as he's working his way up to um, General Brother Spider. Just to like, just so he doesn't like walk away and leave them idling there until they figure out what the hell happened to them. I mean, they're not going to remember what he told them to do, but it'll be even more confusing if they're in the middle of doing something absurd and annoying and difficult. And then they're like, wait, why am I doing this? What What's going on? So that's what he's going to do. And it, if it would make more sense for that to happen on a one-on-one -on -one basis, that's fine. If it's easier for this to just not happen at all, or if it doesn't seem particularly important, then don't worry about it. Um, when Fergus encounters uh, this person, this unsettling chap riding a big steampunk spider he's like taken aback he like instinctively moves back a little bit when they first encounter each other and he's like you uh, <clears throat> you're very disciplined aren't you well look I need to know some things about this this master of yours I I've come from Neverwhen. I may have information you find useful in your... And he waves a hand, sort of dismissively. Conflict. But 
want you to understand something very clearly. I have a very specific request. And, and, and if I were going to get involved in the uh, politics of this, this war you have, it would only be on my terms. That includes giving you any information or, or anything else of that sort. So, uh, as the fellow says in the, the uh, program, uh, take me to your leader. So, he's going to press Brother Spider with a bunch of questions. What's your world like? How did you get here from there? What does future have you do? What do you know about the overall war? Not not like, oh, who's moving troops where, but like, what is the point of the war? Like, what's the goal? If one of them wins, does that mean time stops working? Um, like, what what is the war about? What's Adrian's perspective on it? You know, is he like super pumped? Is he going about this whole thing with a sense of proper Victorian fatalism? Like, what the fuck? So he asks a bunch of questions, and he's kind of maybe offering to give intel on present, but, um... I mean, really, the only thing he wants here is for the future that present showed him to be not true... Um, and two, the only two things he wants. The second thing is for, uh, well, to, to go back, to go back to his world, 